1: Man, I wanted you to tell because you know about this this very well, and and you you work to get Afghan translators, those who have uh, who've helped the United States military out of that country. Uh, and clearly, with the executive order, there's been a big dust up over this. I, I, my understanding is that one of the first issues they fixed because they realized you, you, you can't you can't ban translators from Iraq. Afghanistan wasn't a list, but you can't ban Iraqi translators from coming to the country. That's a that's a betrayal of those who. Uh, who have literally risked their necks their lives for us, but what is the process like? I mean I think people want to know that i mean right right now, irrespective of of the executive order I mean even before that, uh, what happens when when we have somebody who served with the u s military or who helped with the u s military as a translator who 's an afghan national well, what, what, How do you get them out of the country? how long does it take, and how does all that work
2: that 's a great question buck uh, so let 's start off with uh what the actual application entails. I would argue that if you're an Iraqi or an Afghan and you're pursuing one of these visas, they're called a special immigration visa, and there's certain things that they actually have to do to even earn the privilege to apply for this, that the moment you decide to attempt to work with U.S. forces is actually the day that you are we begin vetting you for one of these visas. Uh, you know, it wasn't like... If people walked up to our bases in Iraq and Afghanistan and, and yelled at the wall, hey, I speak English, and someone was like, yeah, here's a weapon, go on patrol, good luck. They were polygraphed as a condition of their employment. You, know, you and I have both been polygraphed, so we understand what that entails. It's, it's not an enjoyable process, and you know, it's something that they actually had to undergo every six months as a, as a means of keeping that job. They had to basically be willing to undergo a polygraph, at least every six months, but at any given moment. um, Their phone calls were listened to, their emails were monitored. And in many cases, we trusted these people so implicitly that, in fact, we did arm them and asked to go on patrol with Americans. Now, just to be able to submit the paperwork for an application, they have to get nominated for one of these visas by either a U.S. military veteran or a U.S. government civilian government, you know, official. Uh, that formal nomination has to list out in detail uh, a period of service no less than one year, but often over two years. Uh, they have to basically be deemed by someone like you or I, a veteran of these wars, as a as someone who has provided honorable and valuable service, and then. the applicant themselves actually has to prove to the government that they're in duress for the service they provided. Now, that's just to get the State Department to even consider the application. If they're able to sort of check those two blocks, get the nomination from someone like you and I, and then prove they're in duress, the State Department does their best ability to actually look in the application and do an investigation around it to make sure that everything that the applicant is claiming is true – and that through as many independent sources as they can bring to bear, they've been able to verify that what the applicant is saying on the paperwork is, in fact, the truth. And if they have come to the determination that, yeah, it looks good, it looks like the person actually met the service criteria, and they're as a result of that, they're actually being hunted, and let's not be hyperbolic about this, they're being hunted by the very people we asked them to help us fight, at that point... The State Department says, as far as as we can tell, this person is worthy of a visa, but it's not up to the State Department to determine whether or not they pose a threat to the homeland. So at that point, the application is forwarded to every single three-letter agency that you would assume would be involved in this process. So the, the CIA has to do their own investigation on every single person on the application. The FBI has to do an investigation. The NSA, the Department of Homeland Security... The Defense Intelligence Agency, the DIA, even the Drug Enforcement Agency, the DEA, has to do an investigation. The decision to let them have a visa and come to the United States must be unanimous, meaning FBI, CIA, NSA, they all have to independently approve for that person to come here. If even one agency says no, like let's say hypothetically FBI, CIA, NSA all say yes, but DEA for some reason says no, not only is that person who has applied for this visa barred from entering the United States forever, they're put on the no-fly list for the rest of their life. Simply put, if I'm al-Qaeda or I'm the Taliban or ISIS and I'm trying to send in operatives to America to attack us here, this isn't the visa program I'm taking advantage of. This is when they when the government talks about extreme vetting, this is it. This is what we can do. It's the best that we can do. We can't get any better than this type of vetting. And the proof is in the numbers. You know, since two thousand and six we've we've welcomed over forty three thousand of these Iraqi and Afghan wartime allies to our country and they've come here and they've been nothing but productive tax paying citizens who to a person don't want to take advantage of government benefits and programs because to them, it's an embarrassment. They want to come here and be productive members of our society and not feel like they need to receive a handout, a handout to make it. Uh, I would argue they're the ideal immigrant and we ought to be, you know, doing everything in our power to, to keep and honor that promise that we made to them. Again, they were told if they gave us a certain, you know, level of service at a certain quality we would do what was necessary to protect them if they suddenly find themselves in danger for that service. And I think, you know, as Americans, we're obligated to keep that that promise. I mean, we're the good guys. Isn't that what we're supposed to be doing is keeping our word